In this episode of Our Hunting Stories, I caught up with Matthew Hudson of Hudson Outdoors YouTube channel as he harvests a double-drop-tine giant Missouri public land whitetail. What starts out as a scouting mission turns into an encounter with a buck of a lifetime. After you finish listening to the story here, head on over to Hudson Outdoors on YouTube, subscribe, and watch the video as the entire hunt plays out. I'm your host, Derek DuBoer. Thank you for joining us. My name's Matthew Hudson, and I'm with Hudson Outdoors. We just it's just me and my brothers and my cousin, and we've all hunted since we were just little kids and just grew up. And every time we get together, all we talk about almost is hunting. And so I uh, I just been hunting since I was a kid. And whenever I got a little older and I got married, and we all kept hunting and kept hunting. And I told my cousin and my brothers, I was like, we just need to start filming this just for fun. It's kind of the same deal you were talking about with the podcast. We really didn't have, like, we wasn't looking for fame or anything like that. We just wanted to have the stories on there and be able to remember And All of us have kids now, so we wanted to have those memories of our children and the memories of all the hunts on the on there. And so we just started recording our, our, our hunts, and uh, it kind of, we just happened to get lucky and kill some deer and get it on film. And it kind of took off a little bit, and it's not like it's a great big channel or anything, but it's growing some, and we're just having a great time doing it. So that's really what it's, what our channel's about and what, you know, us hunting is all about, just, you know, just doing it for fun and having a good time. And that's what that's what I want it to be about anyway, is not just about the success, but just having a good time out outdoors, you know. Yeah, I think that's super important. We've just started dabbling with that here the last couple of years. Um, well, we've had about 15, 20 years as well, my brother and I, and I filmed a little bit at the beginning and then kind of lost track of that because it's, it's more difficult than it seems. <laughs> uh, right. But I think it's extremely important, you know, with, especially with time constraints, you get in a hurry, you try to rush out and get your hunts in and you lose a lot of the details. So I think it's really important, like you said, for, for family and others who share an interest, getting some of this recorded it's been a blast. So, just to go off what you were saying, I, whenever, whenever what happened with us, it was a ton of work. But what happened was, I started out by myself the first time, like my brothers, and then they didn't film or nothing. I just started. I took a camera out, and the very first year that I went out, I went, to, I went to some public land in Missouri, and it was the very first week. I shot a buck on film, and I missed the shot on the. I didn't get the shot on camera, but I got him coming in and all that, and I just didn't have the camera yep. in the right spot when I shot him. I killed that buck, then go straight to Kentucky, and then I killed another buck in Kentucky on film, and that was my very first year of filming. So then I'm like, oh man, this is 
this is going to be incredible. <laughs> Which yeah. is not, every year is not like that. But then I, we were just, then I was stuck on filming. I just, I loved it. It was so fun being able to tell my friends what happened and then actually show them footage, you know, then they would know I wasn't lying about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so much fun. So do you typically, you are from Missouri, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm from Missouri. You- that's where we live. I live in South I live in southwest Missouri, kind of around Springfield, and I drive all over the state. I hunt all over the place. And I we even go to different states and hunt as well. Um, but we we normally focus on Missouri just because that's where we're yeah. from. And most of the guys, we all have, you know, jobs. I work for myself, so I can hunt a little bit more than they do. But they, we all, you know, work quite a bit. So we normally take one trip out of state each year, and then we just hunt Missouri nonstop. Sometimes that's harder when you work for yourself. I did for a period of four years, and you feel really guilty when you take time off. You know that yep. that's pulling straight from your own pocket. So sometimes right. that's yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sometimes it is because most jobs, if you have, you get the paid vacation, and so it's it's yep. fine being gone because you're still getting paid. It's the same. And then when you're by yourself, that's not happening. So it all just depends. But I've been I've been blessed enough to you know be able to get some where I made enough and have people working for me to where I don't have to worry about it too much and I can especially I mean and I'm so into it when it especially when it gets down to the last week of October through November I mean I just do not work I just hunt every single day so you know and yeah. that makes it that makes it nice to where you can when you can go when you can go like that you are a lot more success you can be a lot more successful because there's a lot of guys they're really good hunters but they don't kill bucks every year because they just can't go very much and I'm just blessed to be able to go quite a bit. Right. That sounds great. That's an awesome situation. Well, let's get into this year. I, so I'm super excited to watch your video, but I purposely held off because I wanted to do this interview with you. I knew you okay. were going to take some time to schedule this phone call, and I can't wait to watch the video, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. I wanted to hear it firsthand from you, but I yeah. cannot believe yeah. the the buck you got this year, and, and I'm so anxious to hear your story on it yeah yeah so do you want me to go right into it then what happened let's this year? do i'll uh, okay I'll, so, I'll try not to interrupt you but if i have questions i'll probably ask them <laughs> yeah that's fine that's that's fine yeah go ahead because I, I i might miss something or something might not make sense just go ahead and interrupt me it won't hurt me so basically so we i have been hunting uh i have been hunting in missouri like i said well, I only have been hunting public land for only about three or four years, um, and is when I started hunting. I've always always had private places to hunt. Well, the private areas just got to where I wasn't having very much luck, and I was like, I'm going to try new stuff. And I live in South Missouri. The deer in South Missouri aren't near as big as in Northern Missouri, and even in the middle of the state, they just the more north you go in Missouri, the bigger the deer get. Um, and so I decided I was going to go north and go to some public pieces of land and hunt. Well, so that's what I've been doing. Well, I, I've had some decent luck, but not too much. So this year I decided, this is kind of what changed the game for me, but what I decided I was going to do, I was like, I am tired of just going, especially early season, I just go into areas where I knew, you know, that I had luck in the past or whatever, you know, and I'd find a little bit of sign that I'd set up, and I just never really had very good. I mean, I never killed a deer early season hardly. I only would kill deer in the rut. And so I said, I'm going to change things up. I'm not going to do it the same way because obviously the same way isn't working. So I decided I'm just going to drive and drive and drive. So I have a little Ford Focus that is just falling apart. It has like 200,000 miles, but I use it, I use it for work. I use it for all kinds of stuff. Well, that car is, (laughs) 
I just drive that thing to death. Well, I, I, so I, but the, the week before season started, uh, Missouri season opens on September 15th. And so I decided, I was like, I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to drive and, um, around the, the weekend before season started and I'm just going to drive around and see what I see. And I decided that that's what was going to be my plan. I was just going to use my vehicle basically as a scouting tool. And, there's a, there's some areas in Missouri that's easier to see around. Like you can go check fields and drive through the public lane um, areas and look around. And then there's other areas that's more difficult because there's more rolling hills and timber. So I decided I was going to go to areas that were more open and just drive around. And that's what I did. I drove around for three, four hours on a Saturday evening and just saw one bachelor group of bucks that weren't too big. And then right at dark, I'm driving down this gravel road and way down the gravel road probably a mile down the gravel road, I see three deer across the road, and I could tell, just by seeing across the road, I could tell, I was like, those are some big body deer. So I just take off down the gravel road, drive, and I get to, and they cross the road into this bean field. I could not see them, so I turn around, come back the other way, and then all of a sudden, I spotted their horns. Well, they had kind of crouched down in these standing beans, and so I just, I just pretty much threw the car in park, and I'm sitting there looking, trying to see them, and I start filming, and they take off running. And I'm talking about giant bucks. And I mm. said, and they, these bucks were probably, I would say these bucks were probably, I don't know, five, six hundred yards from public land. They were on private land, but they were, that, you know, they weren't very far at all. And so I um, said, this is working. I, 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 I actually, my kids were with me, but I called my buddies and I said, this is working driving around. I'm actually finding out where bigger deer are and it's helping me. And I'm even seeing where a lot of deer are. And so I, Continued to do that. Opening day of season, I got out there and started hunting. Never even got in the stand. I literally just drove around. And I was looking for those bucks again. And I just drove and drove and drove. And right at dark, once again, I would drive past this bean field. And far back in the back of the bean field, my buddy who was with me at that time, he was going to film. He was filming me that weekend. We, He says, I think there was a deer in the back of that field. And so I stop the car, throw it in reverse. I back up. And when I do, it's spooks the deer. Well, the deer's probably 300 yards away, 200 and something, 300 yards away. And I see his white tail go up. So I throw up the binos and I get, I only see him for like two jumps before he jumps into the woods. And I looked at my buddy. I said, that deer is huge. We're going to hunt that deer. And it, this was actually on private, private or on public land. And I told him, I said, that's the deer we're going to hunt. And so just luckily we happened to drive by when he was there. And, uh, so that's how this hunt, this is, that's how it started. And this was the opening weekend. So we hunted, we were there, I think, for four days straight and we hunted all around. I told my buddy there was a thicket on one side. Actually, there was a thicket on each side of the bean field. And I said, you know, he, he was headed one direction. I said, he probably bedded on this side. We hunted that. We hunted on, I mean, we hunted all over. We hunted for four days in a row, never seen him at all. We saw some other small bucks, never seen him at all. Went back the next weekend. It was even worse. We didn't even hardly see bucks. We hunted and we, and we were, we had saddles, um, like tree saddles, and we even hunted yeah. off the ground some, but we were very mobile. We would go to one spot. If that didn't work out, we'd go to another spot. If that didn't work out, we'd go to another spot. We just constantly knew it. I just wanted to see the buck again and see where he was. And honestly, I was being pretty aggressive. I really didn't even care if I spooked him. I just wanted to see how big, you know, if he, where he was. And that's a little bit, <laughs> I know some people cringe at that because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, he's there. Don't, don't be messing things up. But I literally, I was like, I'm not going to waste my time. If he's left this area, I, I'm not going to mess with it. I just want to, yeah. you know, see if I can find him. And once again – Well, I think I think some people say, um, you know, if, if you do spook a big buck, 
and they get out of there safely, they feel safe because they have an exit strategy that they can count on, you know. So it's yeah. probably worth it, especially if, if you have uh, just a few days. You've got to be pretty aggressive to find that deer you're after. Right, exactly. And I didn't, like, I wasn't, like, just running through the woods or anything like that. But we were going from just field to field to edge to edge to this. I mean, we were like, well, maybe he's over, maybe he's using this area. And while we were walking around, we were finding signs. And even early September, we were already finding rubs. We found two or three scrapes, and that's early September. You know, well, I shouldn't say early, but it was, you know, the 15th through the 20th. We were already finding signs. And some of it was big, and I I told the guy that was with me video and I said, you know, he's here somewhere. We're just not seeing him or he's just he's staying in or bedding somewhere where we're just not finding him, you know. And in the area we were hunting there's a lot of like tall CRP grass and not necessarily, you know, CRP is like what people plant, but this is more of just like fields that the conservation and the Corps of Engineers and people like that, whoever runs the land that we hunt they will just let these fields grow up, and they just get nasty. They get five-foot-tall grass, and they little, you know, twigs and branches and all kinds of stuff grow in them. And so most of the time I have found in a lot of those areas, those bucks just love that stuff. They can just go in there. They can just hide out, and they just love it. Well, so I figured that's where it was bedded. Well, so the next weekend we went and hunted, and I think this is, this is uh, like the very last week of, of September and we hunted in there for we only that time we only had I think we hunted two days or three days so we hunted four or five times in there and once again we moved to different locations never seen him so I was getting pretty bummed and depressed about it so I the next weekend so I went back I worked for three or four days that Thursday morning I was like all right I'm gonna head back up there on Thursday get up there and hunt that evening and I decided, I was like, well, that one thicket that we saw the first time I said he was bedded, I said, the wind had actually shifted to where I could hunt the side of the field where that deer, that buck was actually at. And when we were up there before, the wind wasn't right. I, we finally was getting the north wind. So I went up to that north side, or to the south side, because the wind was blowing out of the north, and I, I parked at a totally different access point, and I walked quite a ways. And I snuck in there, and I had everything. And I had a little bit of wind. It wasn't a lot, but I had a little bit of wind. And so I was able – I got to that edge. And um, the thing about there where I was hunting, in a lot of places more north, you know, there's a lot of open fields. But on the tree edges, the the trees are so – because they get so much sunlight, they're just – there's branches everywhere. And it's hard to get a tree where you can see well. Um, it's just – there's it's random. You just – every once in a while, there'll be – several trees you can get into where you can see but i wanted to get because the grass was so tall where i thought that deer was bedded i was thinking i need to get up in the tree where i can see this good so if he does stand up i can be like okay he is bedded in here and this field this you know this overgrown bedding thicket is what i call it i would say it's it was it, i think when i ranged it it's somewhere around 400 and something yards long and probably only about 100 and something wide so it's just like a long so he could be literally anywhere in there bedded. So I just wanted to try to figure out where is this buck bedded if he's in here. Um, and so I was able to – I snuck in there. So that evening, it was Thursday, October the 6th. I I slipped in there, got got down to the edge, and I just – I mean, I walked slow. I got in there real quiet. I, I was able to find a tree, and it was a smaller tree, but I knew it was on the edge where I could see decently out in the field and into that thicket and i i was able to get up in that tree and uh um 
the thing that has caused quite a bit of about this that I just want to say something about is that I was actually I was literally doing this to have an observation sit. So I just wanted to see if I could find the buck. I hadn't seen him. I honestly had not very much faith. I was wearing a t-shirt um and and work pants. I was not I had zero camo on at all. And on the video people are going nuts because they kind of some people kind of get aggravated about it, but then other people like it. It's funny cuz I wasn't just being like I'm not trying to be this act like you know, camo doesn't matter. I normally wear camo, but I wasn't wearing a stitch of camo that day for some reason. <laughs> and and so I get, I get up there, and I'm probably only 12 to 15 foot up, and I'm watching. Well, I mean, not, it's getting closer and closer to dark. I'm not seeing a single deer. Nothing's standing up. And I thought for sure at least does small bucks would get up, and I'd see them every once in a while. Well, about 30 minutes before dark, some does come into the thicket. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching them, trying to figure out what in the world's going on. But at least I, I'm seeing some deer, and uh, they mill around in the thicket a little bit, and then I can barely see them unless they get in the edge because the top grass is so tall. Then they turn and they walk back towards the beans or whatever, you know. I turn my video camera after I film them. I, I zoom out. I put the camera on me, and I basically say, you know, well, at least we've seen some deer, but it's been pretty slow. I'm going to change things up. i got to do something different tomorrow. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get into them tomorrow, whatever, something like that. And I, I turn my camera off, and I'm sitting there, and it's probably, I would say, two to three minutes later, and to my left, right in the corner of the thicket, all of a sudden I see the buck. And he had came from that same direction, and he was one, he was coming into the into that thicket too. And I don't know if it's because of the way the moon was, and I'm not all into that, all into that, or knowing what in the world was going on. I really, honestly, do not know what that buck was doing. But he's the same thing. He was coming into the thicket right when it's getting dark, like he was wanting to bed down at at, at night um, instead of in the day. I don't know what was going on, but he came in there, and he was. I would say he was probably. When, as soon as I seen him, he was already probably 40 yards from me in the corner. So I automatically, as soon, I mean, my emotions, it's like 100 miles an hour. I see these giant horns, and I know, I mean, I didn't even have to think two seconds. I knew. I was like, that's the buck. There he, I mean, his horns were so big, I knew. Shooter immediately. So I, I'm i going crazy then because I flipped my camera back on, turn, you know, hit record, and then my bow is on the opposite side of the tree. So I am slowly trying to get my... Well, luckily, that buck stops, and he starts rubbing a tree on the edge of that thicket, and he's just raking this tree. And uh, I have the record. I have the camera on him, and so I, I'm able to slowly get my bow and pull it over to the other side of the tree. Then he starts to walk like he's going to walk directly away from me, and so I was like, I, I'm getting ready to draw because I'm thinking, well, I got a shot right there probably 40, 45 yards as he's quartered away, walking away. And then all of a sudden he just turns and starts walking perfect broadside right through the thicket, right where right where I'd want him to walk. You know, that's I mean right where I'd set up, walking right down the edge. And so I I literally just get my get my boat and I'm sitting there and by then, you know, it's getting close to dark and you know like a lot of times, whenever it starts getting close to dark, it starts getting calm. And so it is quiet as can be and this buck is walking through there and I'm I'm I, I draw my bow back and he's fixing to walk through my shooting lane completely through and I, I i would say he was i had ranged some of the grass and the different areas and he was right between 30 and 35 yards but i i had my i drew my bow back and when i'm i'm sitting there watching him walk and he's fixing to walk out of my shooting lane and i did not want to grunt like i didn't want i want i didn't want to make a noise because i was so nervous it was so quiet i was afraid if i make any noise at all 
this buck is going to just take off out of my life. And he, right when I'm fixing to grunt or right when I'm fixing to make a noise to stop him, he stops on his own and turns directly away from me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's perfect broadside, 35 yards. And so now the grass is tall. Um, and so, but it wasn't like big twigs. It's just, it looks like hay grass. So it's not like it's real thick stuff. And I just lower my pin. So I can't see his vitals. All I can see is his head and the back, his back. Um, I can see his back and like the top of his shoulder. You know, I can see probably about half of his body. So I just lower my pin right into the, right into the grass, right where his vitals are and smack. I shoot and he does a 360 in midair. I mean, he jumps way up in the air and does a 360 and takes off running and then just is bulldozing through the, through that thicket and bulldozing rain. I even was able to get that on film where you can see him and his tail's twitching, but I was immediately kind of nervous because I was afraid that I might have shot his legs because the way he was, the way he was, he couldn't run with his front legs. And so I knew I either hit him right through the shoulder and got him good or I hit him, um, hit his legs. And that's what I was nervous about. So I waited about two hours, um, before I went after him. But, um, I got there when I got down, down there and, and looked for blood. I saw bubbles in the blood, and immediately when I seen that, I knew he was dead. And I didn't even – I just walked straight to where I'd seen him kind of quit running. I knew he was there then. You know, I knew I'd killed him. And I, I shot him perfect right through the shoulders and right through the heart, really. I He had a hole right through his heart, and I'm talking about being happy. It was a buck of a lifetime. Now, I didn't know – I didn't know about the drop time. All I knew was that it was a giant frame, you know. So – and now when I saw him, as soon as I saw him, when I was in my stand and I saw him, I knew I saw the drop time right away, you know. So I knew then. But when the when I saw him the first time, which was would have been, it would have been two weeks before that when I seen him the first time, when I saw him in that field. And I, I'm, I'm going to guarantee it's the same deer because he's literally in the same spot, and I knew it was a giant buck. But when he was running away, I saw him jump twice, like I said in my binos that first time in the car. I didn't see the specifics of his horns. All I saw that his, it was just a giant giant frame deer so i was like he's a shooter but i didn't know that no i didn't know about any of that until i went down there i knew he had drop times but i didn't even know how big he was until i got down there and and actually got my hands on him and then i realized i was like oh my word this thing is that is humongous that is a deer that i think every hunter dreams of just the symmetry in his frame he's got some kickers but my goodness what a symmetrical frame and then those double drops just add so much more i can't believe it that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it was super cool because he has just a little bit of dried velvet on that one drop kind and it's so awesome because I've never I've never killed one you know, and a lot of guys I know that killed some with like a little bit of dried velvet on one of the tines or something like that or right around the base. But I've never killed one early, you know, where he had that. And this one probably would have kept it unless he would have eventually rubbed it off, but that was really neat too. And I mean he had kickers on almost every single point he had, you know, he had I think he had 13 or 14 scoreable points, so it was, it was, it was just a buck of a lifetime, and especially for public land. It's just, I mean, it's just lucky. I didn't know he had all that. I knew it was a big buck. I just didn't know it was that big, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to your experience, how you pinpointed that deer and got in there fairly aggressively and got it done. I mean, that is, that is an incredible story. Are you going to have him? Shoulder mounted? I mean, you got it. I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm gonna get it done, and I, 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 uh, I took it to the taxidermist, and he, the, it's a younger kid that's been doing. I mean, he's done it for several years now, but he, uh, 
we had two older taxidermists in our area, and they both had quit in the last two years, and so he started doing them. Well, I took it to him, and he said out of all he's done, I think he said in the the time that he's done it, he's done over 300 deer heads. So 300, 300 bucks he's done, and he has never done one with even a single drop time. So that shows you how <laughs> odd they are. You know, to get one, that's why people want them so bad is because – I mean, you can get all different things about antlers, but just getting that drop time, so many people want that because it is rare. It's just unbelievable. And to ha- kill one that has two, it, it's just lucky. I mean, I didn't know that deer yeah. had that. I just. <laughs> yeah, so. that's awesome, though. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You know, and that's not the first big deer you were on, and I know you've probably been on a lot more, but uh, I think wasn't there one last year you guys got on, maybe your buddy? Ended up taking him, yeah. a, another giant yeah, that frame one. deer that you guys were oh tracking word. down. Oh, my word. It was huge. Yeah, I missed that bucket 60 yards, that big one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I probably <laughs> well, shouldn't even this... took the – I probably shouldn't even took the shot, but I missed him, and then my buddy killed him. I think he killed him four days later or five days later he killed him. Yeah, and that, yeah. And that deer, I got the footage on that buck is incredible. When that deer walks through the field, it's just – his horns are so big. It's, it's wild, and that was on public land too. So, but yeah. we kind of just, like I said, uh, the key to that, and for anybody that's listening and wants to do anything like that, the key to it really is is just, you know, people, you just have to get out there and just go, go, go. Because I mean, like yeah, after I've killed this buck, I've had a billion people ask where I go hunting. Everybody's, I'm, right. like, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> where I'm going, yeah. but you can find there's deer like that out there all over the place but it just takes so much time and a lot of people just don't have the time to do it and that's that's the only thing that's helping us you know we're just every year learning more and more and more and just finding new and newer and new spots and and that's just the way that's the way you got to do it you know if you're going to do it that way yeah well that's what we talk about sometimes you know this deer's dead so there's no point in and asking about where you shot this deer because he's gone. Yeah, there's plenty, but yeah, there's exactly. plenty more out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's funny. It's funny because even on, I mean, you go through like even, even uh, YouTube channels of people that are what that have a lot more followers than I have. I mean, in the comments, it's so hilarious because everybody's asking, "What? Where are you at? And where are you at in Oklahoma? Where are you at in Missouri? Where are yeah. you at in Kansas? Everybody wants to know where you're at, but." They, if they're trying to just get a little, and I understand. I mean, if you don't have time, they're trying. If they can get just one little clue yeah. that'll help them, you know, that'll makes all the difference. And I just try to tell people, I was like, just go somewhere where there's a lot of different places you can go, and maybe you'll get lucky. Because even if I gave you my spot, that don't mean you're gonna find deer like that, you know. Yeah. But one of the things in my video, I I I did put in there the footage of the bucks that I'd seen the week before season opened. And when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But the deer that I've seen are – I mean, the one buck, he is bigger than the buck I shot. When when people see that, they automatically – they're like, oh, where are you hunting? Because they know – they see all these deer, and then it adds up, and they're like, man, we need to know what's going on. But And I can understand that. But it's it, – I, I mean, I just – it's in, incredible to get to do this, you know, to get to hunt like this and get to have a chance at a whitetail because – most people that hunt will never even get a chance to even see a buck like that. You know, most people that hunt in the south and other areas, they won't ever even get to see one like that. And it's it's just a blessing. And I don't I don't really put it to that I'm a good hunter or anything. It's just happened that I I've learned a little bit over time and I got lucky and he walked past me because I could have hunted and hunted and never even seen him again. 
Yeah, there are so many variables that go into play. It's it's ridiculous. And when you think about everything that's actually against you when you go out hunting, you you almost feel like just turning around and going home because it is so so much chance on a lot of that. But uh, you do a little bit of your homework and spend the time in the woods. You know, that's one of those things when people ask, well, where'd you get that deer? Well, out in the woods. You spend enough time out there, yeah. you're going to stumble across some nice deer. You know, maybe not this caliber, but you're going to find some find some stuff out. That's yeah. That's the fun part about it. You never know what's out there. Yeah, exactly. So, well, awesome. Congratulations. That's got to feel good after that encounter last year, finally catching up with one and getting one on the ground. That's that's so fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on here. It means a lot to me. I, I appreciate it, and hopefully you guys will have some luck this year. Are you getting ready to go to your farm in Kansas later? <laughs> yeah, we're we're holding off. We're trying to be patient. You know, this cold front came through starting on Sunday and really kicked off yeah. a lot of buck movement. Um, judging from the cameras and kind of what I've seen so far, it's right at borderline shooting light at night, what we've been seeing. And But we yeah. did have a, a new buck show up that we're pretty excited about, so... You know, the chance is looking good. Unfortunately, we're going to be pretty busy here for a couple of weeks, but uh, maybe the last weekend of the month, and then we'll take a week here in November and do our thing. So we'll catch up with awesome. something. I'm, well, good luck. Hope I'm you sure. Have some we'll have a lot of fun. Kill one. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll. Uh, yeah. uh, you'll you'll see. You, I'm sure if we do, we'll show you some pictures yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I follow you guys. I'm gonna follow you guys on Instagram, so I'll be able to see it if you guys get one. One of the things that, you know, we're we're always hunting our own family farm, and it has a lot of advantages. But you hear, like, your story about public land. The advantage to that is you get to move around. If you don't see something in one area, you get to go and pick up stakes and move on. And, you know, we feel since we do have the land, which we're fortunate to have, you know, we feel like we just hunker down there and, and take the best one off of that. So it's yeah, it's somewhat yeah. limiting at times because you do – get a pretty good feel of what's out there in some years there's you know maybe the surrounding properties have harvested most of the mature deer so you kind of feel like you're down on your luck but uh, but right. really all in all really fortunate to have a little piece of ground to hunt on so it's all good yeah yeah that's that's incredible yeah so well i do appreciate it uh and uh good luck to the rest of your crew the remainder of the season i guess your your brother and you got some buddies out here soon i, I got suppose. yeah i got yeah, yeah, they're all filming still, and we're fixing to. Um, I got I got two brothers filming, and then I got a cousin filming, and we they're all they all still got Missouri tags and looking around. And one of my brothers actually moved to Oklahoma; he's hunting in Oklahoma. And then I have we're all making a trip. I think the second week of November, we're all going to go to Oklahoma for a whole week, and all of us are going to be together in a camp and hunt, and so that's going to be real fun. But it should be good. Hopefully, if hopefully we'll have a little bit more luck this year and be able to share some more stories yeah that'll be great is that going to be your only out of state this year to oklahoma this year yeah yeah we're not gonna yeah we're just gonna go to oklahoma we're not gonna do anymore which most of the time we go we normally stick pretty close we don't we normally don't go like way up now i do go elk hunting every once in a while i've killed two bulls with my bow but i normally just we normally just stay around close like we'll go to kentucky oklahoma um, Arkansas, things like that. We don't normally go real far. Um, and like I said, it's mainly because everybody has jobs and it's hard for them to get away. Yeah, exactly. Well, good deal. Well, good luck to the rest of the crew and we'll look 
for some success here in a month or so. All right. I sure do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having yeah. me on.